everyone and welcome to the 45th episode of the Compliance Update podcast brought to you by Team Legacies. Through this weekly series we endeavor to bring to you legal, regulatory and compliance updates and alerts that you may have missed during the week. Let us look at some of the key developments in the past week. In our first segment we will be covering market related updates. Market regulator SEBI on Thursday extended the deadline till September 30th next year for the applicability of the tweaked reporting requirements for alternative investment funds. Earlier the deadline was December 31st 2021. AIFS are funds established or incorporated in India for the purpose of pooling in capital from Indian and foreign investors. The Association of National Exchanges Members of India AMMI has urged the government to limit the time frame for issue of show cause by market regulators SEBI. In a letter to the Department of Economic Affairs the association suggested that the limitation act should be incorporated into the SEBI act through amendment. Capital market regulators SEBI on Monday tweaked the exercise mechanism of option contracts on commodity futures. The decision has been taken based on feedback received from stock exchanges and the recommendations of Commodity Derivatives Advisory Committee of SEBI. SEBI will now send show cause notices, summons and orders to securities law offenders via instant messaging platforms such as WhatsApp, Telegram and Signal, a move that will make the processes speedier and efficient. Market regulators SEBI has notified rules for vault managers that allow bourses to set up a gold exchange in the country. This comes after the board of SEBI cleared a proposal in September for setting up a gold exchange wherein the yellow metal will be traded in the form of electronic gold receipts and the bourses will help in having a transparent domestic spot price discovery mechanism. Capital market regulator SEBI is looking to hire an agency to revamp its IT infrastructure network and communication systems in a notice the regulator has invited expression of interest eoi from solution providers for upgrade and revamp of it network ip telephony and video conferencing setup of sebi irtai has said that all indemnity based health insurance products that cover treatment costs of hospitalization will include those toward the omicron variant of covid in a separate order on digit insurance the regulator said that non life companies cannot provide a death benefit in their policies irti has come out with an exposure draft that seeks to revisit a 2015 regulation that fixes obligations for general insurers with respect to monet to motor third party business to achieve the largest goal of increasing mtp insurance penetration The reason behind revisiting the regulation is because the present formula does not indicate or monitor the penetration that is percentage of insured vehicles to total vehicles plying on the road. The Department of Insurance Regulation and Development of India has announced the death benefit settlement ratio for life insurance companies in 2020-2021. According to IRDAI's annual report 2020-2021 LIC's billing settlement rate was 98.62% as of March 31, 2021, compared to 96.69% as of March 31, 2020, and rejected bills. Percentage 
decreased to 1% in 2020 from 1.9% of the previous year to 2021. Moving on to some banking sector update. The Reserve Bank of India on Thursday extended the last date for KYC updation for bank accounts by three months to March 31st next year. In a notification on its website, the central bank said it was extending the deadline in view of the prevalent uncertainty due to the new variant of COVID-19. Fake Indian currency worth Rs 47,710 was found in the Reserve Bank of India chest during an audit in Lucknow. Satyavir Singh, assistant manager of RBI, lodged a case with Mahanagar Police about the recovery of 454 counterfeit currency during the checking of notes. RBI analyzed daily returns of 32 major bank stocks covering 90% of the banking sector assets and the correlation of the daily stock returns for each bank pair was computed for each calendar year from 2011 onwards to measure the systemic risk levels. To push digital transactions in rural and semi-urban areas, RBI on Monday issued a framework allowing offline payments up to Rs 200 per transaction, subject to an overall limit of Rs 2000. An offline digital payment means a transaction that does not require internet or telecom connectivity. Under the offline mode, payments can be carried out face-to-face -face using any channel or instrument like cards, wallets and mobile devices. These transactions will not require an additional factor of authentication, AFA, the RBI said, adding that since the transactions are offline, alerts by way of SMS or email will be received by the customer after a time lag. The RBI may delay rate hikes beyond its February policy as risks to growth emerge from the recent surge in Omicron infections and the resultant restrictions on activity as growth is priority over inflation. But the RBI may indicate policy normalization through its other liquidity management tools. Reserve Bank on Wednesday released the eligibility criteria for entities to be categorized as Specified User of Credit Information Companies, CICS, the criteria sets out the requirements for the entities to become eligible as specified user of CIC under the Credit Information Companies Amendment Regulations 2021. As per the requirements, a specified user should be a company incorporated in India or a statutory corporation established in the country. Also, the company should have a net worth of not less than Rs 2 crore as per the latest audited balance sheet and should meet the requirement on a continuing basis. Further, in case the entity is a company, it should not have not less than 3 years of experience in running the business or activity of processing information for the support or benefit of credit institutions and shall have a clean track record. Also, the company its promoter and director should not have been convicted of any offence involving moral turpitude or any economic offence. Besides, the entity should have a certification from CISA, Certified Auditor, that it has a robust and secure information technology system in place for preserving and protecting the data relating to the credit information. Next up is Taxation Related Update. 
The Central Board of Direct Taxes, CBDT, has notified Form Number 56FF to be furnished along with the income tax return for claiming Section 10A, Subsection 1B, Subclause B deduction. The notification shall come into force retrospectively from 29 July 2021. Rule 130 was brought into force from the 29th of July 2021, where reference to Rule 16DD in Subrule 1 thereof and Form 56FF in Subrule 2 thereof were inadvertently mentioned. The intention of the Board is to continue with the Rule 16DD and Form 56FF. Hence, it is proposed to give retrospective effect to maintain continuity. It is certified that no person is being adverse affected by granting retrospective effect to this notification. The Goods and Service Tax GST numbers for December cap an extraordinary quarter in terms of receipts from the nationwide tax for the centre and states. At an average monthly gross collection of Rs 1.3 trillion, the October-December quarter of 2021-2022 was the best for the centre and states since GST was introduced on July 1, 2017, showing just how strong economic recovery has been. Central Board of Indirect Taxes and Customs, CBIC, has started a new initiative of holding meetings with officials of state tax administrations across the country to further boost goods and service tax GST revenue collections. This is a new initiative whereby zonal members would cover all formations in their jurisdictions by holding such meetings to devise, strategize for revenue augmentation for GST over the next few weeks. The Central Board of Direct Taxes, CBDT, announced via its Twitter account that it has issued refunds of Rs 150407 crore to more than 1.48 crore taxpayers from 1st April 2021 to 3rd January 2022. Lastly, let us look into some government sector updates. The Insolvency Law Committee, ILC, has proposed that once a resolution plan is approved by the Committee of Creditors of a Corporate Debtor, the National Company Law Tribunals, NCLTs, be provided with 30 days for approving or rejecting a resolution plan, with the tribunal being required to provide a reason in writing if it is not able to do so in the stipulated period. The ILC was constituted in 2017 and reports from the committee have been a key influence in major amendments to the IBC. The government has started discussions to put in place a resolution mechanism to deal with insolvency of firms in the financial sector. A modified version of the Financial Resolution and Deposit Insurance FRTI bill, which was withdrawn in 2018 due to its controversial provision of bail in that was perceived as undermining safety depositors is being contemplated. The Finance Ministry has recently sought views of the RPI on drafting the fresh legislation and discussions are underway to putting in place a system to deal with financial firms' insolvency while at the same time providing highest level of safety to depositors. Corporate Affairs Ministry MCA will soon finalize the proposals for a comprehensive framework on cross-border insolvency which when enacted as part of IBC could aid in further easing up of doing business in India. The new comprehensive framework is likely to be largely patterned on the 
UNCITRAL model law on cross-border insolvency, which has been the widely accepted UN model legal framework adopted by the US, UK, Japan and Singapore. This UN model law is now proposed to be tweaked to suit the Indian context and requirements. This brings us to the end of today's podcast. Thank you all for tuning in and listening in with us. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe and tune in every Friday for more such updates. Also, feel free to write in to us with your comments and suggestions to editorial at the rate We hope you have a wonderful weekend ahead.